Welcome everyone to episode six of the Counseling Corner. Just wanted to start off by saying thank you to everyone who listened to our last show, and thank you, Sally, for joining us as a guest um, today. Uh, you know, we have we will start by co-hosting today. So thank you for for starting that, Sally. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you. It's my new co-hosting gig with Mandy. Yes, it's going to be exciting. Some great things happening this year as well. Um, Secondly, before we get into our main um, idea for today, um, I do want to thank our listener, uh, Zoe Zoe Ryan, for messaging into our Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, she did have a really good question about how we were talking about referrals last time and if cl- clinics that we refer to have the right to refuse or decline clients that we send them to, um, pretty much... The psychological answer is it does depend um, definitely on um, their level of risk as well as um, clinics' level of availabilities. I do think that clinics have a level of duty of care, whether that is to um, refer them to others if they can't based on availabilities or if it's too high, then to more um, higher risk services around them so um i think it does happen but and if clients do find that um they are more than welcome to come back to the client who the, the counselor who referred them to and the, to look at other options to um you know manage what they're going through but definitely if there is a really high risk then all counselors will try and manage that whether that's to um you know to see what what you know to send them an ambulance or something um kind of in their immediate kind of care um so hopefully that answers that question so thank you again um if anyone else does have any questions or things that they want to um add or feedback um we do um you know take messages um but we are sort of on a time crunch today um so if you do want to text in the number is 0493 0493213831 um but yeah let, let us know if if after the show you have more questions again feel free to um, message us at our facebook page the counseling corner um thank you so much so on to today's very special guest um Long-time listener, frequent texter into the into this radio station. <laughs> frequent annoyer. No. <laughs> My future sister-in-law, oh. Eleanor Beatty. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Woo. yay. What a pleasure it is Thank to you. be the first, to get the dream team, the co-host, yes. to be the first guest. I feel very privileged. Thank you very much. <laughs> and on, on short notice, I, I have to listen to... Uh, Please be right. easy on me. <laughs> oh, I hope you're going to be more experienced than I do me. so far. Yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, thank you again for coming. Let's let's start with what what you're up to now. What what are you kind of up to? Yeah, as in work or just today? <laughs> <laughs> well, a bit about your work. What, sure. what you do? Yeah, yeah. So I am a primary school teacher. Mm-hmm. So I've taught it two different well this is my third one so mm-hmm. you've caught me at an interesting time as yeah. I'm just getting used to a new mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. new role mm-hmm. um, but yeah always worked in the primary school um, sector yeah. and I've had different responsibilities along the way in terms of sustainability leader mm-hmm. and um, junior coordinator things yeah. like that yeah. um, but about 
uh, two years ago, I think it was one and a half years ago, um, I started my counselling diploma. Mm-hmm. So that is also why I'm here to sort of talk all things, obviously, counselling, yes. but um, to sort of how I use that in my mm, job. That would be great. Um, yeah. yeah so, sure. so that's sort of where I'm up to. And it, in terms of today, I've just been to a lovely lunch at the nice. Epicurean in my deal, <laughs> which you. is beautiful. Hopefully that was good. Yeah, <laughs> it was for fantastic. Sure. Um, so you touched on a bit about some of the roles that you've had. Yep. Tell us about your journey to getting to where you are now. So maybe, you know, from, from school or wherever yeah. you started kind of or how you got interested in to sort of teaching great oh okay sure um so my first day of kinder is when I went home and basically said to mum this is it I want to be a kindergarten teacher and it's funny because um we had this beautiful teacher Mrs Wise who Mm. I just adored like the most typical older warm fuzzy Mm. kindergarten teacher and my partner Jared we're actually in the same kinder class and he um went to the other kinder class because he was apparently scared of Mrs. Wise. Isn't that funny who the person yeah. who inspired me scared yeah. him? But, um, yeah, so he started off in kinder um, and it was kind of good and I know through high school it's kind of good to know what you want to do mm. because it just makes it easier. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. it was good to sort of have that. Um, I wanted to work in the education space but more so early childhood. Yeah. Um, but then I did a sort of double of early childhood and primary right. um, at ACU in wow. the city uh-huh. and – uh, found that primary is much more community based and yep. much more um, uh, kindergarten can mm. just be a bit more isolating. Well, a bigger team. Yeah. yeah. What were the studies like? Oh, um, I studied at ACU. I think oh, we've already had this yes, conversation yes. before. Yeah. Oh, I uh, I love them, mm. but um, I don't think people ever actually talk about how hard the study actually is. Like, mm. I think, oh, uni life, like the lifestyle that uni brings is great mm-hmm. and the freedom, mm. but the actual coursework is was really hard. Mm. And there's, um, yeah, just, just different concepts that were, you know, some of the exams or the, you know, practical stuff that were you, like you had to have a pass. And I think mm. the pressure that put on, not that you had to have a pass, you had to get a certain amount to pass and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. um, so the studies were quite tr- tricky, mm. but... Um, I loved the lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So then I, um, I that, that was a four-year course yeah. and then so I went straight into teaching. So mm-hmm. um, I was just fresh 21 when I had yeah. my first class. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, a beautiful school, a lo- beautiful local school that mm-hmm. I was at for three years. Mm. Um, and then that's sort of the only education training I've done. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the counselling that's sort of when I picked it up in about my fourth year of um, teaching so this currently is my seventh year Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Seven years. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. So, (laughs) definitely sounds like it's, you know, you you had to kind of climb a big mountain to to get the qualification and to know all that you need to know. Do you think it prepared you for for the work that you've had? No, I don't. I don't. And I I was fortunate enough to be um, in a – in a group called the Graduate Executive Network Mm -hmm. where um, I got to lead a community of graduates and I was presenting to a principal board, Mm -hmm. so principals from all around the area, which was a bit daunting because I was only, you know, three years out um, and we're actually presenting a budget. So, (laughs) you know, a bit bit out of my um, lane there. Um, And that was the first question is what what could of your uni done Mm. to prepare you? And I I don't know what I said. I I said something to you because I was – uh, you know, feeling the pressure. Yeah. But I really like. I I don't remember anything from uni, okay. and yeah. I think it's it's all it's one of those things that yeah. you really learn on the job. Yeah. The job. And yeah. um, through your connections with different people, yeah. and the most I've learned is through my colleagues. So yeah. I think yeah. that's where it comes. Yeah. Um, most of it, but yeah. it was a good time. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Made some friends, yeah. but um, yeah. I don't remember any of the content, so I don't yeah. believe it was that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like. You know, you made a really great network, and that kind of helps, kind of move you through the the work and yeah, and, um, you know, kind of the opportunities that you had. Yeah, I've been very fortunate with who I've worked with and under. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, I've been very blessed that I've had different experiences. Um, yeah, uh, different experiences, sort of uh, working with. Di- a- different group of people and they've yep. all bring their own expertise yeah. and I've been very blessed with that yeah, the teams great. that have been around me yeah great right um thank you for that yeah um so um yeah we'll get into that a little bit um later yeah um we're 
we're going to um, talk a bit more about sort of leaning more into sort of the counselling yeah, aspect, yeah, yeah. the mental sure. health kind yeah. of area of, of your field, or the education field, and yeah. a little bit what's sort of around that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into that, I will just um, play an ad. Um, so we'll get into that. Oi. 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 IGA is shopping nights. IGA where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Thank you, IGA. Um, Yes, so... um, uh, Sally, so I think now we'll, we'll talk a bit more about okay. the role of all of that. Yeah, so I have a few questions for mm. you lined up. Okay. Um, I really want to know about the wellbeing team, really. So these days I've heard that more and more schools are learning to raise mental health awareness mm-hmm. and reduce stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just to support students. Are you able to talk a little bit about the role of mental health counselling mm. in the education field and curriculum? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I definitely think it's something that um, all systems, so um, I've worked in Catholic and now I'm in private, uh-huh. um, but I've had experience in the state system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that is becoming more and more um, fluid in uh, the curriculum. Yeah. So uh, there's generally a wellbeing leader uh, at the school, and they've got such a big job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, particularly uh, the wellbeing leader of my other school. I just don't know. It's just such a hard thing to manage and sometimes prioritise. Um, I was at a school of 500 students, but sitting behind the 500 is the 500 families and yeah. all that comes with that. So the wellbeing leader normally has a pretty big job. Um, but I think the teacher also uh, is sort of the wellbeing leader of the classroom. Yeah. And I guess with um, the curriculum and what's coming through, um, I think, uh, and I know that we would have, you would have all seen this, but I guess the role of child safety and um, sort of that whole aspect is really mm-hmm. the most forefront of everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, things even just like mandatory reporting, um, yeah. it's something that we start every year off with and it's something that you do not mess around with yeah. and you take so seriously. Um, and I'm not saying that wasn't a place in the past. I just think as more and more, as we learn more and more, it's coming to the forefront. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Normally there is um, a counsellor, some, well, sometimes there's a counsellor at the schools mm-hmm. um, full-time, which is a, such a positive um, and works closely with the wellbeing leader, supporting the families and the students. Um, and uh, there's a few other programs that have been introduced. Uh, one I can think of is RRRR, um, okay. Respectful Rights and Resilient Relationships. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. I just call nice. it to my yep. kids. Yeah. Um, and that really brings... Uh, a, a big sense of well-being and uh, child safety and things like that um, mm-hmm. into the classroom. So it's it's yeah. a topic that's now discussed and it's explicitly taught and, right. and that sort of stuff's really coming through. Yeah. Whereas um, before I didn't necessarily see a document that we used. Right. It was more uh, – there was guidelines, but right. but now it's quite uh, more scripted, which I think is really important yeah, because yeah. certain things need to be said mm-hmm. and and yeah. And have you noticed um, any difference between private, public schools mm. and the wellbeing team? Have you noticed any trends there? Um, I think the different, uh, I guess, just the the leaders and what their jobs are and yeah. how much they have in relation to staff. It's sort of like where does your job stop and where does your job start mm-hmm. um, and their relationships with other families. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they're all, um, there is a place for it in all sec- sectors that yeah. I've worked in and it's just, it really just comes down to different titles but uh-huh. they're covering very similar things, which is great to see. You can see the... the um, yeah, the connections between both. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great that schools are implementing the necessary tools for mm. more holistic yeah. program. Yeah, the program in the yeah. curriculum. Yeah. yeah, and actually something I just thought of is um, Are You Okay Day? Yeah. I didn't That's know about now. it. Yeah. 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 I didn't know Even about in it. in the workplaces, not just yeah. schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but at school um, I didn't really know about it. But now it's a whole day and I almost was under the impression and I'm guessing I got this impression from somewhere that like, 
oh, are you okay day with primary school kids? Like it's it's sort of bringing up things that like maybe they don't soon? know. Yeah, yeah, maybe they don't know yeah. about and now they're going to think about. Yeah. But um, the, the way that they do Are You Okay Day, even just the – the brand the website itself mm. and they have this beautiful music video and the activities that they do are really gentle mm. and mm. Um, age appropriate so I think Excellent. even just something like that yeah um, is something that we've seen come more so recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, and you were saying that you have a well-being team at your school yep how do you work with the well-being team well I have to say my <laughs> um, the well-being team of my last school um, we became very good friends because <laughs> I need a lot of her assistance with um, a particular student mm-hmm. uh, so I guess how we work with them um, firstly we need to have a conversation about what we're looking to work towards. Yep. Um, in particular, if we're talking about a student, it's what's going on and how can we support this student. And they're sort of that great bridge between – because I'm in the classroom, mm-hmm. they can be that communicator between family Families, and home yep. and referral processes and things like that. So that mm-hmm. can sort of be their role. Um but also even just to provide strategies and practices that they might think suggest coming from that step outside the classroom. Um, I th- maybe give this a go. Um, whether it's sometimes when you're in the classroom and in it, you don't think of sometimes simple things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think one of the most important things is they were sort of that bridge between the family and the school. The school um, yep. And that was the sort of go-to person. Mm-hmm. But um, I think even – but the support that I got from my wellbeing leader helped my wellbeing in that it was someone there I could go to yeah. and I knew I could go to that person for this because that's mm-hmm. sort of their role, yeah. And is it difficult to communicate with different teams? I know you were saying before that there's a whole team yeah. that you work with. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, it can simply be, is this my job or yours? Is yeah. this whose job is it like it's literally just yeah. you got you sometimes you have to go through different channels to get something that you need urgently or quickly yeah. um but i guess that's just learning for everyone and i know that's something that happens in, in many walks of life with jobs um but it's just making sure that you're seeing the most uh you know the person that you need to see um as soon as you can sort of thing you know and getting those processes happening mm-hmm. as quick as you can how do you navigate your way in following their agendas um, in terms of what I can sort of do and what they can sort of do. Like that's that right. sort of thing. Um, I think I, I like to double check and I probably get annoying <laughs> to, for people. I sort of say, would you like me to do this or is this something that, that you do? Uh-huh. Would you like me to send this email or is this something that you'd like to come from you? Um, because a lot of the time if we're sending communications to families, we want to make sure that everyone is kind of on that email everyone knows what's yep. going home everyone yep. knows what's being sent yeah so sort of having that um that bond in in the communication that we send mm. but I think it was a lot of um checking in which um I don't think is a great thing uh, always because we're wasting time here <laughs> like let's do it yeah. and let's get the best yeah. person on the job mm. rather than can, can I do this can I do this um yeah. but I'm finding it's a bit different in the system I'm in now yeah um I think uh the the um place that I'm working in there's a lot more um I guess emphasis on the teacher making those decisions mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying I didn't have agency in the previous one but I just think um uh yeah just the way that we're set up I think I get to make some of those decisions a lot quicker and it can be a lot more um beneficial because it's acted on immediately rather than going through channels okay great all right well you were talking about strategies earlier i touched on it briefly (laughs) so the next question i have for you is about how you incorporate the well-being team strategies in the class space Mm. um like i know my role we create behavioral support plans. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing right now as a support coordinator on the side. Great. Um, do you get a lot of behavioral support plans and how do you manage those? Yeah. So um, when they're when they're needed, we do make them up and uh, not make them up. Like we, you know, create the document. Uh-huh. Um, I was fortunate enough to work off a, um, sort of a document that was previously written with great examples so it uh-huh. was good to sit down with my well-being leader and work off a document and who wrote the document was it the well-being it was the i believe it was like a government a school okay um 
one, um, but there's some great, some of the best resources are from WA, <laughs> South Australia. So it might have been their education sort of one. Yeah. Um, but there's normally um, an overarching document that you would use, but you can sort of tweak it depending on your school and, and what you're looking to achieve with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'd go about creating that. And yeah. that was really important that we got the parent in um, to talk about it and that we got signatures and we all understood it and we all, you know, knew exactly what was going to happen and when. Mm-hmm. And, for example, it might have been um, we need to call it a day if X, Y and Z happens. Mm-hmm. Um and it was important we were all on the same page yeah. rather than trying to chase people up and, no, this isn't what we talked about, you know, having those clear, effective communication meetings were really important. So, um, yes, I did have those. And the only thing I'd say is sometimes when there's something um, – when there's really big emotions involved mm-hmm. – you don't necessarily go and grab a plan. You know, you have to sort of act with what you've got. So I think the the reflection time is also important to think, okay, is this working? We need to, you know, look at this plan and, and yeah. So I guess that's the only thing that sometimes you're not going to get out a piece of paper if if something's going on and think, well, no, I haven't read section B. (laughs) Um, But it's really good to have those documents as evidence Mm. and and to share as a team. Yeah. yeah. It's great to see that schools are implementing these plans yeah. and, or they're trying to anyway. Yeah. And, it and it's like not just going on file somewhere. Yeah. No, it, it's that's really what we're always worried about oh. when we're creating those plans. That's really good to know. But yeah. from my point of view, it's displayed in the classroom in, yeah. a, in a, um, a private location Okay, um, and people are directed to it. So, for example, if there was ever a relief teacher in my room, they yeah. knew where it was um, and the whole of my pod mm-hmm. i'll call it so there was nine classrooms everyone had received that communication and there was actually a little meeting on it as well mm. so that's sort of on my side what i see with those things that's so. amazing that's yeah. really good to hear yeah. it sounds like they also review it sort yes. of every now and then yeah. to see if things are still working that's yeah, it because it can good, yeah. change yeah. daily as you'd know and yeah. um, this might be working but oh, yeah. hold on no it's not yeah, so yeah. just yeah. putting in those changes which is important to remember to do because <laughs> sometimes you know you get caught up yeah, in it all sure. um yeah. but yeah reviewing constant reviewing Okay, so what type of strategies have you used implemented by the wellbeing team? Can you give us any examples? I can give you a like quite a nice fluffy example, and that's um, a calm corner. So um, the uh, the wellbeing team put together a calm corner, and it's important that we all establish a calm corner in our classrooms. And normally, it's a a basket with different fidgets, even. hand breathing um what else it even had pictures of puppies like it had a variety of different things depending yeah. on how a child was feeling mm-hmm. and that was the calm corner and for example in my room if a student wanted to sit in the calm corner they'd let me know can I just yeah. have some time in the calm corner right. and we established what the calm corner is for yeah. because uh-huh. sometimes it was um you know I'm missing my dog and yeah. you know all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff where yeah. it's not um mm. so that's a really um like explicit one that we all did yeah. mm-hmm. but I just I think one of the one of the most important things is um, the language that came out of the wellbeing team and sort of how we talk about different things and mm-hmm. different emotions and particularly yeah. how we talk about if there's big emotions, um, how we talk about that with the students uh-huh. and how it's mm. um, properly addressed. And, and what is that language? Is it more um, strength-based language? Yeah, look, it's, it's about, um, I guess it's hard to – like I just could give you a really silly example instead yeah. of saying naughty yeah this child experienced some big emotions today mm. you know yeah. things like that and I think it's educating yeah. this children but mm. also the families mm. um that hold on it's happening for a reason this yeah. is how we dealt with it mm-hmm. but um it was it was big emotions yeah. and yeah. were felt because maybe x y and z was happening yeah. obviously we can't disclose that to families yeah. but um I think the language in the way we do things yeah. is becoming a lot more inclusive mm. and just nicer. Like yeah. it's more understanding. Yeah. More positive based. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely more positive. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you approach kids with well-being issues in general or learning difficulties? Oh, What's that's your strategy? Question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the things I love to do at the start of the year is meet with the parents and just say, you talk to me. I just want to know everything you've got. So just hearing them talk about their child, it could be, um, how they are at home. It could be – I don't really want to know about them at school because uh-huh. I want to hear properly about 
the person that they are. Um, that's really important to start off with and then mm-hmm. to starting those communications. But I think obviously, and I, this would have come up um it comes up in counselling, but those building those relationships at the start mm-hmm. so that you sort of know where this child's at. Um, there's some really um, a, a bit similar to a behaviour support plan is a individual learning plan that yeah. we use oh, um, ILPs that can call various different things throughout PLPs, ILPs. It's all generally the same where we talk about um, a lot of the time, talk about their strengths and maybe their challenges. So even in that language, it's not their um, weaknesses, yeah. it's their challenges. Nice. What are they challenged yeah. by? It yeah. might be maths, it mm. might be social interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a document that we create at the start of the year mm-hmm. but I will get the previous teachers yeah. so I'll get to read the notes um, we start at the start of the year and it is um, uh, annual goals which are really important mm-hmm. what what do we want this child to achieve for the whole year mm-hmm. but then it also goes specifically to um, you know it might be in uh, I'll particularly focus on social emotional goals uh-huh. it might be um, learning with support to ask someone to join in in their play. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. how would we achieve that? Um, what would I do? And sort of what the student would mm. – what we hope the student would do. And it might be um, explicit class meetings, teaching through emotion, emotional literacy, um, role-playing, mm-hmm. different things like that, watching um, Bluey, for example, <laughs> you know, like something that, that they can – Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then sure. seeing – That's a goal. Yeah. It's and, a realistic goal. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And seeing – if um, that we generally review them once a term. So uh-huh. four times a year we have a parent support group where we meet with um, the, ch- uh, the parents and any uh, allied health professionals mm-hmm. can sometimes come along as well depending on their availability. Like a care team. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once a term and we discuss the goals and it's really important to get, um, a, you know, um, we're all on the same page for – what are we working towards now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's a good place to start is those individual learning plans. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, moving on to my last question. Mm. Um, I'm interested to know what type of training teachers get in dealing with mental health issues in the class space and how do you tick the education system's boxes? <laughs> that's a really good one because I don't <laughs> I'm trying to be politically correct, but I, I don't... You don't have to be. I wouldn't have to be, no. <laughs> I, I, I do say much. Yeah. I mean, nothing at uni. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the only training I've had, again, is through colleagues, and uh-huh. that's, um, you know, anecdotal or secondhand mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also attended, um, for example, I attended at um, Berry Street. I don't know if you know about I've that. I've heard at yeah, Street, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Trauma Informed. Yeah, yeah. Trauma Informed Education. Um, that was one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, because even if you don't have that in your classroom, just the, the strategies that yeah. I got from it were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we attend like professional learning, mm-hmm. focusing on a specific thing. Um, but... Uh, no mandated training, if that makes sense. Okay. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say. Like we do have to do every year the mandatory reporting and child safe training, mm-hmm. um, but that's the legality side. Yeah. That's not so much um, knowledge based. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, when you put it like that, it is a bit uh, worrying, isn't yeah, it? There's to still think gaps that, that needs to be. Oh, filled. definitely. Yeah. And there's yeah. still so like. The counselling course was great for me because yeah. I learned a lot more. Sure. But, like, no, not everyone does the counselling course, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. just decided to do it. They go so, kind of hand in hand. Oh, they? for sure, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's where I got a bit more of my knowledge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd say ultimately it comes from colleagues, really, yeah. which is – like really good but um i think there should be something there should be more formal training yeah i think so yeah 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 that's just my opinion but i agree of course yeah absolutely (laughs) do you know if the the training has changed in any way towards that it it might have so i finished in 2016 yeah so it might have um I would I would think actually yeah, yeah. Um, just with with everything coming out yeah. sort of um, yeah, yeah. more under the spotlight yeah. I'd think that there'd be a bit more yeah um, but I yeah I yeah. there are schools that are receiving formal training and then they're yeah. passing it on yeah to yeah other, like mm. um, the primary school and secondary school in Geelong Grammar yes. okay yeah. so if you go on there. 
wellbeing page, they've got formal training that they've been trained by top um, right. psychotherapists like Seligman, mm. and then they Great. pass it on. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, I think that, slowly, slowly, more yeah. schools will start. Yeah. Sometimes the problem with that is, and I get it, but okay, we, we hold this training day. Great. Everyone's heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's new staff. And, oh, do we send the new staff? Like, it's going to cost us a lot of money to send the mm. new staff to go for one day. Right. Or do we just get the second hand and then it's never do you know what I mean it, yeah it yeah. would almost have to be yearly yeah and I don't to think there's, it all. yeah I don't think yeah. there's anything yearly set yeah. we we do lots of um professional learning around well-being and mm-hmm. stuff like that and yeah. there's probably things I'm not thinking of on the spot That's but right. I think that there is space definitely yeah because mm-hmm. I, I know that in with with the medical field which uh, you know I think further we'll touch on in other episodes but I know that they've recently or maybe in the last few five or ten years introduced the mental health first aid training oh wow kind of mandatory training yeah that sounds really into the education system or just in the medical field that's just because you know I've I've done myself the mental health first aid training so have I and there were nurses in mm, their their qualification still doing their qualification having to do that yeah. Right. I think yeah. in nursing they do study a little yeah. bit or they touch mm. base on yeah. mental health. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think, like, to hear that, I'm so interested. Yeah. Like, oh, the teach, like, I think it's a profession that, well, we're all about learning. Yes. So, um, yeah. we'd be open to doing that, mm. you know, mm. but I think it's just finding the right, yeah, yeah. place and yeah. space for it. Yeah, but, for sure. But I agree, yeah, it yeah. should be yeah. more so. Great. Thank you um, for, for giving us all of that information. It's very oh, interesting. Of course. I hope I'm answering them okay. Yes. <laughs> Just, I, when, the other times I've been on the podcast, I've had very specific questions. Yes. Like I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, and, yeah. But, yeah, no I hope worries. it's all right. Great. Thank you. Um, so um, I do want to touch a little bit on something a bit more relevant, mm. but it is a little bit over, but um, the whole sort of COVID experience sure. in terms of the education field. Yep. Um, before we get into that, I do want to play one more. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry, don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright What a nice song Um Okay, so yes, as I said, I do want to talk a bit more into your experience about COVID. I, you know, I have um, talked a bit about it with, with Sally as as she was a guest in our last episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe briefly tell us, yep. you know, what your what experience like. was. Yeah. 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 So I think something really important to understand um, – and in that time, I had grade twos, mm-hmm. um, so very fresh to school still, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that we don't acknowledge as much is the notice and the preparation to go into lockdown. And yep. that is mm-hmm. um, at the time I was a leader. So we had a meeting that day mm-hmm. and it was we're going to say a code word if we go into lockdown. Because remember okay. beforehand, there was always a bit of speculation. Yeah. Oh, we might go into – and there was rumours. We might, you know, might not. Yeah. And the rumours always seemed to be true yes. <laughs> that we were going into lockdown. Yeah. So, you know, it was that 10 o'clock or whatever press conference right. and when they said it. So, um, I think the, lo- the um, shortest time we had was 25 minutes to yeah. tell the kids you're not coming back okay. for what would be 12 yes. weeks. Yeah. And – We've got to prepare something for you yeah. to take home, yes. especially being so little. Yeah, so the yeah. code word ca- the code word came over. I can't remember what it was. Something I can't remember. Um, and okay. we're all like, oh, it was just so painful because yeah. I, I don't know if that time if everyone knew about the code word, but the leaders did, and then we had to sort of run around and say, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. Stay really calm. Were you in on campus at that time? In the middle of maths lesson type right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was there was no time to prepare, and that's Dan Andrews. Like every time, <laughs> just. Give us warning. Yeah. Like, it was shocking. So, the first time it happened, okay, we went home and it's amazing how 
over the time, over the different breaks, we progressed as an education sector and how we delivered things. But the first time they went home and that was it. Like, see you later. Don't – I don't think – I think they maybe took home a spare workbook, like a blank one, and some pencils. Yeah. Whether as the next time around we were doing drive-through device pickups and we were doing um, learning packs and we had um, the first – so first time it came – So parents had to go to the school and pick up – Devices. Stuff? If they yeah. didn't, if they didn't already have one, yeah. like some That's families right. didn't have enough. Because if you have yeah. five kids at home yeah. or whatever, the, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And they also came through and did a, a pickup of their tub that right. had their stationery the and their yeah. books and wow. learning. To- okay. And I just mm-hmm. remember um, that was the very first time I wore a mask, and I it was it was funny. Like I've got photos of us like yeah. modeling these masks, and it was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But um, some parents obviously brought the students in the car because mm. um, you know they're young. Mm. And just the look on their faces to see all their teachers. We actually have to wear we had to wear gloves as well. Yeah. So driving into a school that they remembered yeah and then seeing all these adults that they can't even really recognize with the masks on and gloves yeah and i just think what like that is something we might have forgotten but that that's really um that was would have been so awful for them yeah um but then so we started off one of the most important things was checking in with the kids each day yeah so in the morning we'd have a meeting yeah and then they go off and do their work and at the start Mm -hmm. that was kind of all we did then we got better at it we had meetings for literacy and maths and we actually had we had to do every monday well-being sessions yeah so they Mm. we put them into a group with their friends and okay sign in at three we're going to play a game it was that sort of stuff tell me about your pets tell me about this so there was that as well yeah um and that was a um maybe 30 percent attendance that was the one we didn't get yeah yeah um and that that could have been a variety of things like the parents may have finished their work and they're not going to chuck on a child on a laptop mm. if they've been looking at it all day and that, that sort yeah. of stuff yeah. um personally i loved it i loved yeah. covid yeah. because i have a sleep disorder and yeah. um mm-hmm. i was able to conform to this sleep disorder so yeah. basically my circadian i have a long name for it i'm not Sorry. even going to go into it okay. shortly and short um to put it in a sentence my circadian rhythm is way off right. uh-huh. and my ideal sleep time is 2 a.m to 8 a.m and, and I was finally, during COVID, allowed yeah. to conform. Great. So yeah. I'd, I'd say up super late, do all my work, yeah. then wake up for the meeting and then go back to sleep and wake yeah. up. And it was just fantastic. Great. So yeah. I know that that's not what we're focusing on, but I that's had a okay. great time. <laughs> but the children, um, it was a novelty at the start. Like, you know, oh, my gosh, my friends are on the laptop and Miss Beatty, I can see your dog. And, you know, that sort of – it was yeah. all – it was great. Yeah, yeah. And then it kicked in, like, this is going to be – the emails came thick yeah. and fast right. from parents saying, oh, we're struggling. And, yeah. like, how do you say don't do any of the work without saying don't do any of the work? Like, read between the lines. We don't we don't need you to do it. It's yeah. just what we had to provide. Yeah. If your child's not feeling it, don't do it. Yeah. You know, you can only say that so many times. Yeah. And without them feeling like awful parents and that. Yeah. So, I think yeah. that was really hard for families to yeah. balance. And some of the families that, you know, that had two working from home or yeah. um, then we brought in um, – supervised uh site on site you know the children can come in if they were had families that were working even that was a whole thing because to be qualified you had to get paperwork and i even had to have paperwork to drive to work like you know it's all this sort of stuff um yeah but i think the one thing that really came out of it is the lack of social skills that we still are trying to teach to today. So um, just the little social norms and and social things that we believe and we expect children to have, they did not have at all. Not at all, but um, were lacking, particularly um, the grade I taught last year, I noticed in term four that they were really fatigued. I'm talking like... It was week one and they were they were done for the yeah, year. And I'm thinking, yeah. what the hell? And a yeah. parent said, don't forget, three-year-old kinder was their last year, was their last full year. Yeah. So they've had yeah. COVID and they've had this and yeah. that. Oh, wow. And I yeah. thought, oh, okay, you know, I better yeah. pull, pull it back. Um, yeah. But um, that – and also uh, we're seeing a big rise in OTs okay. and yeah. speech. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I just think without the constant – even just fine motor for writing and – even monkey bars for gross motor, stuff like yeah. that that we missed. Um, and the oral language communication, yeah. uh-huh. um, we're seeing a lot of that 
still. Right. Yeah. yeah. So What's I think the age frame of your kids that you're teaching. I've currently got grade four to six. Okay. So six. yes, I do see it with them, but yeah. it's particularly more prevalent with the younger ones because yeah. they're still developing yeah. those skills. Mm-hmm. And I found there's a lot more um, support services required, and yeah. that the family have sought after, and this and that. Um, and it time it timed in very well with COVID. So yeah. although I think it would have happened a bit on its own, yeah. I think really those social skills are something yeah. that we're really missing. And I'm yeah. trying to figure out, but there will be a wave of those children, yeah. like you know, yeah, and then they'll in. the other yeah. the new ones that didn't have the pandemic will come yeah. through, and it'll yeah. be interesting to compare. Yeah, um, but they did yeah. really really struggle when they we came back. To see what research come out. Come yeah, oh that. definitely. Yeah, it's a great case study, if anything. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, could you speak about some pros and cons from online versus in class? Yep, sure. Um, online was great for some of those students who loved to a quiet environment. Yep. They much preferred it. Yep. Um, they could, and they also were in charge of themselves. They were right. in charge of when they did their work. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like at school where, okay, we're going to do reading now. We're going to do right. lunchtime now. Mm-hmm. They were in charge of breaking up their day. Right. Although we did put in an order, it yep. wasn't like they had to do it then. Yep. So a lot of them went to the inquiry first or yep. a lot of them. And what a privilege uh, to do yeah. that and how nice that we gave that to them because the, to con- everything about conforming to primary school can be yeah. so much for yeah. so many children. Sure. So yeah. I really think that those children thrived. Yeah. Um, and one, I remember one particular little girl who um, every day we did a question. This was at school. We did a question to go with the role. It might be, would you prefer peas or carrots? What's your favourite movie? Like really basic, yeah. um, literal thinking stuff. Yeah. Not once could she answer me. Right. Not once. She just, no, no, I don't want to. But right. Every day. I had to tell her. I had to message her quietly to please be quiet because that's all she did on, on oh. online. She just talked and talked and talked right. and talked. And I'm kind of like, this is great, but yeah, we need but to also, reel it yeah. in. She, it's it, That's yeah. what she needed. As soon as we got back yeah. to school, back, she yeah. didn't say a word. Oh, okay. So for someone like that to come out yeah. of their shell mm. um, because she felt she was in her own home yeah. and she didn't – That's it. They didn't care. Like, yeah. you know, it was – and being younger, it was hilarious. Like they yeah. were, they were on their – um, monkey bars trying to do a lesson like they were on, on their bed yeah. and it was so nice to bring that into the school yeah. in a way yeah. because they're kids creating a safe space yeah. for them yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, it's their own space yeah. yeah and just the way that they could do their own address their own learning needs yeah. um, and then it was really hard the hard slog of getting back to school yeah. Um, yeah. even putting on the uniform like yeah. everything that comes with it packing yeah. a lunch yeah. all that I think that was really hard yeah. I just think that the um in school so that was online at school um that constant social connection yeah which some children get sick of as again so that's why they prefer at home but um all those um times that you don't you're not teaching something but you're teaching something you know like they're picking up those little cues and they're picking up this and that Mm. and the resources we have at school were just unmatched like we couldn't send home 50 counters for everyone to be able to do this so the skills that they developed they I think they learn more at school academically yeah. um, and and I'd say socially. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there were still some positives about being online. Yeah, for sure. And I also – I think it's important to note that the – rise of homeschooling has never been higher than what it was after COVID because a lot of parents found um, this is actually working. I don't want them to go back to school, which we were kind of like, oh, yeah, (laughs) because when we wanted to go back to school, this is why, you know, the social connections is and that. And if you want to homeschool, like you're going to be missing that. But that was their own family's choice and um, that might still be working really well. But that's – there was a – it's we've never had a higher um, surcharge of homeschooling enrolments. Yeah. And does that is that still connected with with your school that your school still provides that? No, sorry, this isn't this wasn't my school. As in, families are like around, particularly in Queensland, it was yeah. really a rep, um, oh, was it Queensland? Because they they weren't a hit. Yeah. Different places were hit harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but their families, not even I don't think it ended up being anyone from my school, That's but right. um, ended up just enrolling them. Mm, okay. And we also did see a lot of families in my school, particular as well, um, move to mm. Queensland or move to yeah. the country. I, I noticed yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah. because a lot they of friends yeah. moving to Sydney or Queensland. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm I'm going to say it wasn't Dan Andrews, but <laughs> no, I think it was that um seeking they found, you know, they might have found something in COVID or or you realize yeah. what 
the true meaning of why you're here and you know all that purpose and soul seeking that I think we got to do and they sort of thought well why not you know so it was interesting that as well that rise of of relocating yeah Yeah. Um, could you tell us a bit about maybe specifically to teachers maybe your own experience sort of the trends of any mental health issues or how or how you know the teachers coped with with all of that Mm. start with what what you saw in terms of those issues maybe yeah I think um I think a routine is something really important to students and having the lack of that I just felt really stuck and not sure and scared yeah so I think one of them was sort of the routine but I guess some of the mental health trends and and it's common in all walks of of careers but Mm -hmm. um is anxiety Mm -hmm. uh and I think COVID was a great place for that to really yeah, fester and kick absolutely. in because we had no control. We yeah. had somebody on the TV telling us what to do. Yeah. Um, so I think anxiety is something that's really become more and more. And it's yeah. when I receive my list of students mm-hmm. for the year, it's yeah. something that is is populating each year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's really it's actually really sad to think yeah. about how these little people mm. have such big worries. Yeah. Um, I knew want to get in there and take it off them yeah for um sure. but it's easier said than done isn't yeah, it you can't yeah. just say oh stop worrying and you know yeah, for sure. um that is like that sort of language and um oh you're okay yeah. is something that we're moving away from now yeah, as well because sure. you can't tell someone they're okay yeah, you don't no. know so yeah, you can't speak yeah, for them anymore that's yeah. right i think that's something that's coming out yeah. um more but yeah i'd probably say anxiety was is the yeah. most i've seen mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah in terms of teachers as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh look, I'd have to say burnout. Yeah. I know that this yeah. is a really yeah. relevant thing and it's getting worse sure. and worse. There's mm. currently – we're currently sitting on 4,000 vacant teaching oh, wow. positions yeah. mm-hmm. in Australia. So, mm-hmm. they're trying so hard. But they're – in my personal opinion, they're injecting into the wrong end. So, yeah. they're um, – uh, paying for university courses and yeah. oh if you do this you'll be guaranteed a job right. and it's yeah. a great profession but they're not touching us yeah and they haven't yeah. you know they're trying they're to managing your no yeah. I, I, yeah. I like there there's some great um new uh initiatives that have come out of our recent i'll say the wrong thing um okay. eba type thing so yeah. basically bargaining and right. our rights and um yeah. our release time and stuff okay. and and like to give you an example one of the things was if i went on camp mm-hmm. within two weeks i had to be given back that time but not in money it was just in time mm-hmm. so right. let's just say that all the grade fours went on camp mm-hmm. we had all the grade four teachers we had three lso's mm-hmm. uh, learning support officers yeah. we had a coordinator we had the pe teacher you know yeah. you're talking about 12 staff yeah but in two weeks you had to give every single person back all the extra time they did yeah how yeah. like it, it made no sense yeah and it was it was to sort of say oh we appreciate you and we don't want and it, it, i'm not saying this because it wasn't um it wasn't teachers. It wasn't my school who made this opinion. Yeah. It was a decision. It was people in right. charge of education. And they just, like, missed the mark there. Yeah. You know, like, I don't – you don't want – then you have to organise – well, the thing was, then you had to organise to give them the time. So, yeah. for example, let's just say you're owed eight hours, yeah. a, a sort of a day and a half we have to give back to you. Yeah. But they didn't fund it. So, yeah. they didn't fund us getting CRTs. I see. So, how do, what, do we split yeah. the children and then yeah. – disrupt their learning yeah. do we close a school for a day like mm. i know yeah when when this came out um the high school next to my old school many many high schools and and um primary schools cancelled their camps because they said we can't do it yeah yeah and then what does yeah. that do for the children yeah. but also on the other side we are in contact with a few camp owners yeah, who are, exactly. just had such a bumpy road with covid and yeah. now we're cancelling because cancel. we can't give teachers time like yeah. it's bizarre yeah and if, if you want to um, pay us back mm. talk to us and ask mm. us what we want yeah. and it's not that right. we don't want to be dragged away from what's the solution do you think well that's a really good question um some people would say money mm. like yep i'll be paid for the extra time and we'll call yeah. it a day yeah. um but i think for example if if you say to me um i'll give you i don't know i'll give you uh i'll cover some duties mm. um i'll give you an extra an hour here or something so it's yeah. not that full-on break mm. of there's as many different things and, and people want different things yeah. but i just don't think 
it was done, and, and this is a collective I'm speaking on behalf, yeah. um, to, to say this is what we're doing now and you have yeah. to give it within two weeks and blah, blah, And yeah. it just caused stress. Yeah. Like, sure. And uh, one sector, because there's different sectors, um, were holding off on signing mm. while the other sector was saying, no, no, we've signed. Come and join our sector. Yeah. And But really the sector who hadn't signed was just thinking it through and thinking how can we even do this? Yeah. Like we don't want to lose, lose teachers yeah. but we're trying to facilitate this ridiculous demand. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think sometimes the people who call the shots as always are not the ones in the classroom. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. I'm sure there's a lot more to, to speak on that but unfortunately we do um, uh, having a little bit of a time crunch here. <laughs> so thank you for, for sharing all of that. Of course. Um, please, if, if anyone has any questions or further opinions on that, please let us know um, on the Facebook group um, so I think now we'll just head into yeah so our, our next segment which is a new segment we're creating from now on which is um, therapy song of the week Ooh. Where each, Ooh. Um, so e- either of us will either choose <clears throat> a song um, as well as our guests on, on that episode will choose a song whether it's about therapy or a, a, ther- a, a song that is therapeutic to them um, so we'll start um with our guest choice. Mm. Um, so tell us a little bit about Brothers by Gang of Youth. Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I went on to my like songs and scrolled and I thought the first one that jumps out at me is going to be, you know, the one I want to choose. So I chose this song. Um, my beautiful partner showed me this song and he said, I think you're going to like it and I did straight away. Mm. It's just really calming and mm. it talks about um, how he is discovering some family secrets and how important family is and how he admires different family members and I th- just think it's a beautiful song that's very um, mellow so that's that's all it's just nice to listen to thank to be you. honest thank you for <laughs> sharing course. that thank you alright well we'll start that song and then we'll get into um, a host choice Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. Thank you for bringing that in, Eleanor. Um, very calming and soothing. It's very oh, calming. Thanks for introducing it. I apologise that it was such a long song. That's okay. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's like hopefully crunch. it soothed the audience. Um, yes. So it won't come out on the podcast, um, but we will have links um, for those listening on the podcast um, as we speak. Um, we'll put links to those songs on on the post that we'll post about this show. So um, tune in for that. Um, we'll, we'll just end with um, our host choice. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your song, Sally. Okay, so this week it's my choice mm-hmm. and then hopefully Maddie will pick the next one. Yes. Um, this song is called Higher by Salt. So I want to dedicate it to my family and friends because every time I'm feeling low – they always seem to lift me up high. I know that sounds really tacky and cliche, but yeah, just they're great support systems and it just shows how important um, your loved ones are in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, thank you for that. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, end the show with that, but thank you everyone for listening. Um, we did get a text um, from Tracy. Thank you very much. We don't have that much time to read it out, but we do appreciate all the messages. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. Tune in for the post for all of these songs. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have a good day. Bye. Bye.